Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode of Ghost Maps was recorded on Audio-Technica mics. Ghost Maps. Entry 11, Tanjung Pinang, Indonesia. Heads turn as she walks over to my table. Sophia has appeared on magazine covers, television commercials, and billboard ads across the region. So, naturally, everyone's stunned to see her at a coffee shop in Tampines. She greets me warmly and orders herself a coke. As she takes a seat, we overhear some of the other patrons talking about her. I ask her if she'd rather go somewhere a bit less intrusive, but she says that she's used to it. It comes with the territory, she tells me, with a smile as her drink arrives. It's not the same confident smile that she flashes for the cameras. There's a kind of uncertainty here, under the stark fluorescent lights of the coffee shop's signboards. She adds, her smile fading, and it's certainly not the worst thing that's come with these looks. She has a faraway expression now, and I don't even have to tell her to start from the beginning. It was around 10 years ago. Sophia and her family, her mum, dad and cousin were on a holiday in Tanjung Pinang. The first half of their trip was dedicated to just having fun. Blissfully uneventful, most of those days were spent either sightseeing, shopping for knickknacks or relaxing on a beach and enjoying fruity drinks adorned with tiny umbrellas. The second half, however, was about catching up with relatives from her dad's extended family couple of uncles and aunts that Sophia hadn't seen since she was a kid, all of them pinching her cheeks and telling her how much she had grown. Towards the end of their trip, her father decided to make a quick stop at his childhood friend's home to say hi. They had just finished dinner in a rural area, and the kampong where his friend stayed was on the way back to their hotel. So they drove over in their rented van. Sophia tells me that she couldn't remember where exactly this kampong was, but she clearly remembers how she felt. The closer they got, the more uncomfortable she grew. She was sitting in the back of the van, and every once in a while, she would look out the back window, certain that something was watching her. Once they arrived at the area, she knew that it wasn't paranoia. Something was crouched on the tin roof of one of the houses, staring at her. She could only make out its silhouette, 
but it looked somewhat human. Her parents stepped out to greet her dad's friend, but Sophia refused to leave the van. Instead, she sat at the back and stared out at a field across from the house where whatever it was that was eyeing her was crouched. She figured if she didn't look at it and focused on the field instead, it might leave her alone. Then she saw a white sheet fluttering in the field. A white sheet not attached to any pole or line. It didn't register to her at first what she saw, so she kept staring at it, figuring it was probably less malevolent than whatever was on the house's tin roof. She didn't hear her parents get back into the van, but she figured they must have, because it started to reverse towards the field. And that's when the white sheet just vanished. And Sophia started crying uncontrollably. Her mum asked her what was wrong. Sophia desperately wanted to tell her. She couldn't stop crying. Her eyes shut as tears streamed down her face. Her cousin and mother tried to soothe her as her dad, as calmly as he could, drove back to the city and their hotel. Sophia tells me that she was present in that moment, fully aware of what was happening, but felt like she was losing control. Once they reached the hotel, she ran up and hugged her father tightly, trying to convey her sense of helplessness as best as she could. Her father later told her that when he held her, she felt heavier in his arms, almost like something was pressing her down. Her parents called a Bomo, a witch doctor, over immediately. While waiting for the Bomo, though, her father wanted to try something. With a pin, Sophia's dad pricked her finger. She let out a scream, but not in her own voice. She says that this voice that came out of her sounded high-pitched, and eerie. The Bomo soon arrived. He prayed over her and had her take a bath in flower water. After the bath, Sophia started to feel like herself again. Lighter, she tells me. She was relieved at first until the Bomo told them what had happened. The spirit of a woman, possibly a pochong, had taken over Sophia's body. Her father asked the Bomo why it had picked Sophia. The Bomo said that the woman had died in a car crash and her body had been badly mangled. She felt ugly, the Bomo told Sophia and her family. And she wanted to take Sophia's body because she was pretty. The Bomo warned that the spirit was waiting for Sophia still outside their hotel room. But he also assured them that he would leave by morning. Still, the family didn't leave the room for two days. They ordered room service and every time Sophia had to go to the bathroom, 
her mother followed her. Finally, they left the hotel and returned to Singapore. It took nearly a year for Sophia to feel like the spirit hadn't followed her back. Sophia tells me that she'd only just returned to Tanjong Pinang last year. Another holiday with her family to visit relatives. Her parents said that she didn't have to go, but Sophia insisted. Nothing happened, but the holiday was a lot shorter than her last one. And they never visited her father's friend. She says that's why she doesn't mind the gawkers and the attention when she's out in public. You can feel it's different when people are staring at you and when something else is. She tells me, then adds, it's almost comforting when you know it's only people watching. I nod and thank her for her time. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now. This episode was produced with help from Singlet Station. Thank you.